All right, you ready? Here we go. Let's do this thing. Welcome to Conversations with Chris. I'm your host, Chris. I think that came out well, don't you? I do. I think I do it better, but you know. First try and all. I mean, really wasn't so bad. Guilt, the most wasted emotion, the one that does you no good, and the one that really ruins your life, takes away everything. So today I'm going to talk about guilt, and I'm going to use some things that I've learned from my experiences, and then I'm also going to read some stuff off the internet, which is going to also give me some perspective on how guilt is actually seen through the eyes of scholars and studiers and professors and the people who put the content that's online online, which I guess anyway, nowadays can be anybody, right? I mean, Socrates put a lot online, so did Lincoln. And- Those guys are... <laughs> They have a lot of information online, that's for sure. <laughs> they, were, they, were, they were internet hounds. <laughs> that's right. So, yes, from the philosophical side of things, I will dissect it, but also wanted to just read some of the things that I've read about it as I've looked into what defines it. Because right now I feel like you're in a moment where I had this conversation with a friend this weekend where he lives in New York, in the city, and he said that um, you know he's been made to feel guilty walking around in New York City because he's a white man. And that's something that's crazy to me because the entire weekend that we were together, this guy's one of the most amazing, kind, loving, caring people I've ever met in my life. And then here I'm thinking to myself, this guy has to feel guilty, not has to, but the overall energy and the overall push up there is different than it is where I live. And as I started to think about that and then had another situation arise this week, regards to a totally different situation that somebody feels guilty for something that they aren't even the cause or the reason for. And so their guilt right now that they're feeling is something that I can relieve them of by assuring them that it's not about them. And then I started to think about how often we do that to ourselves where we actually feel guilty about something that we never did or that wasn't us and maybe that's not because maybe that's because we don't know and we're just assuming which we tend to do a lot so and talk about the fact that like i'd say probably a hundred percent of us feel guilty for something in our lives and the thing about that is is that that's not necessary and it's not something that we actually need to carry around because guilt ultimately is going to cause you stress, cause you anxiety, cause you frustration, and eventually the big word depression, which we've talked about, you know, is the lack of acceptance, you know, by accepting things as they are and understanding that your acceptance of that thing rids you of any guilt that you may feel, then you're in a good spot. And then if you are feeling guilty about stuff that you're not actually the one that caused, why are you so caught up in feeling that way is it an addiction to being guilty is it something you're trying to do to beat yourself down is it something that you're trying to do because you don't believe you deserve better because i know those were the things in my life that kept me feeling guilty about stuff was that i didn't want to feel okay i really didn't i wanted to be always in a space where there was some sort of twisting some sort of turmoil some sort of internal argument with myself And so I spent probably 20 years um, resistant to peace and resistant to living in a comfortable way where I didn't feel all these crazy, guilty, stressful emotions um, that were really overtaking my life. 
and ultimately driving me into depression, which everyone that's ever been in depression understands what I mean. That's not a good place to go, right? So if we could stop feeling guilty for the things that we didn't do, which is probably 95% of the things that we feel guilty for. And what I mean by that is, let's say that you're in a situation and that situation allows you an opportunity to interact with someone. And you feel during that interaction that all things went well, but for whatever reason, after that interaction, the person that you talk to never speaks to you again. So then naturally the brain goes, well, I thought we had a connection here. I really thought I made a new friend and I was, you know, found somebody that I could really rely on, trust and all that kind of thing. And then you go, but why, why, why did they never contact me again? Why did I never hear from them? And then the natural tendency is to go, well, I must have said something to offend them. must have done something to upset them. I must have done, there's, it's got to, it has to be me as the reason why they haven't contacted me. The reality is, is that the other person simply left the country or got sick that night and hasn't checked their phone. But the whole time you're sitting there, you're feeling guilty about something that never happened. And that's where we get ourselves caught up in our own heads. We can also feel guilty about ourselves uh, and the expectations that we place on ourselves. Uh, setting expectations is the root of all suffering, by the way. The Buddha said that, not me. And he's right, because the more expectations that you have, the more opportunities you have to fail. Every expectation that you set is pressure you put on yourself. And it's unnecessary pressure because at the end of the day, there's not really anything that we need to do. Me going down to South America and staying on a beach and living out of a bag for two months gave me that perspective of, wow, life is really, really, really simple if you just wake up, have to feed yourself, and then go back to sleep. And that's all you have to do all day, every day. And when you do that all day, every day for quite a period of time, when you come back into a world where there's so much more offered and so much more available, it becomes obvious that at that point, anything that I let back into my life or decide to have in my life is going to cause me more anxiety, more stress. And so I have to be cognizant of that, aware of that, and understand that. And so when I came back from South America, it took me a very long time to ever even buy a piece of furniture because I realized I don't need anything. I was living just fine, completely happy down there on a beach with nothing. And why would I need to buy stuff for my house? And so I had like a beanbag chair in my entire house. That was it. And people would walk in and be like, where's your furniture? Well, I had a yoga mat, which is essential. And a beanbag. I was like, what do you mean? I got plenty of furniture. Over time, you know, you add more things to your collection. You build more stuff. And then I believe there's a point in which you get to a place where you start to feel guilty about how much stuff that you have. Because you're like, wow, I have too much stuff. Or I don't have enough stuff. And so guilt comes into play on so many different levels. But I understood coming back that anything that I choose to have in my life from this moment forward is me choosing to have that stress, that anxiety, and the potential for guilt, which I don't allow myself to do because of the fact that I understand that now I have control over this emotion that is called guilt. And the reality is, is that it's easy to do. You don't have to change much. You don't have to really like go to school for this. There's no degree required. You can just rid yourself of all guilt in a matter of moments. And the simplest way to do that is to understand that first of all, if it's not something that you did, and you don't know for a fact that you are wrong, 
then you're wasting your time thinking about it or feeling guilty for anything because you just don't know the other circumstances of the other situation and there's no way to find out sometimes. Sometimes you're just meant to meet someone once and make an impact or they're going to make an impact in your life and then the universe wants them to move on. So there is no relationship. But if you go into it expecting or if you establish an expectation in the, in the conversation of meeting the person of this is going to be a relationship, well, they don't know that you've set that expectation in your mind. So maybe they don't see things the way you see things. Maybe they're looking at it as a clear, just a one and done. This is something I need to get done. Or maybe they're not in a position to have you in their life in a healthy way where they don't feel like they can do something that's going to be healthy. So they choose not to have you in their life at all. There's a million reasons, a billion reasons why someone wouldn't call you back. And yet we go right to in our head that it must have been us. It must have been me. I must have done something wrong. I must have said something wrong. And I have beat myself to death for years on that premises, feeling guilty for things that weren't even about me. Um, but I've now mastered that and figured out that, you know what, if I feel guilty for something, then it should be something that I actually did wrong which if I don't do anything wrong and I do everything out of love, then I won't have any reason to feel guilty for anything. Now it's all right. I understand that I'm not going to feel guilty about things that I don't know for a fact are things I should feel guilty for. And then also I feel like since I'm now going to live with all my actions made out of love, then I won't have any reason to feel guilty for anything going forward. So therefore now I can live in a guilt-free body and mind and soul which allows me to keep all of that stress anxiety frustration and depression at bay simply by stopping the guilt did you want to say anything Tara sorry we got on a roll there never mind I'll I'm just allowed to going. talk now thank you so much I've <laughs> been holding everything back my bad <laughs> no but I kind of want to uh, piggyback on some of the stuff you were saying to be honest all right you were talking about how guilt in that mindset was something that you were familiar with for a long time and it was just your comfort zone, mm. right? But I think a lot of guilt comes from the expectations of others and it's how we grow up. It's, it's the environment that we are built in and that, you know, these people, our parents most likely, maybe our teachers say, hey, you know, you have to do this and then they make us feel guilty because it's something that they themselves could not do, therefore they pass it on to their child. So that environment, because we continue to disappoint people, therefore we feel guilty for not fulfilling the roles that we assume we're supposed to fill, even though we're not supposed to, hmm. right? Hmm. So we consider that our norm and that chaos becomes familiar. It's not comfortable, but it becomes familiar. And we assume that that's the norm until we step out into the world like you've done. And we realize that, hey, this is, this is not what it's supposed to feel like all the time. Like this this terrible feeling in my stomach and my head, wherever you feel it, it's not supposed to be there. Well, it's not all things comfortable are going, all things familiar are going to feel comfortable, are going to feel comfortable because they're familiar. Yes. And they're not unhealthy is what you mean. Um, yes. But they are definitely going to feel comfortable. We're comforted by things that are familiar. That's just the way we are. But also at the same time, what you said is basically, and you're right, 100% of the time, People absorb the expectations of others and they go, oh, my mom, I don't want to let my mom down. My mom's got expectations for me to do this, do this, do this, do that. Well, 
that's for your mom to work out, not for you to work out. You cannot allow the expectations of others to become the expectations of yourself. That is not a healthy way of going through life. I understand that that's what I was drawn to as well, was that I wanted to, I mean, everyone does. When you live, you want to impress your mother and your father, and you'd love for them to be like, you know, I'm really proud of you, and I really think that you're an amazing kid, and you turned out to be an amazing person, and I'm uh, really looking forward to watching you grow and be a, an adult. No, that's just not rational, because frankly, uh, as a child, you're nothing more than what your parents teach you, and so they made you, not just physically, but also over the years, trained you to be the human that you are. So if they applied any type of pressure to expectations or even hinted at you with their own personal expectations, then those things that they did were them doing something wrong to you. But they have to, they are the ones who feel guilty for it, not us. Absorbing or allowing yourself to say, hey, you know what? My mom has this expectation for me to fulfill, and if I don't fulfill it, she's going to be disappointed in me. So now it becomes my expectation. And that's not, never can you ever carry that amount of expectations through life because when does it stop? You know, do you allow yourself to feel every expectation that your father has for you? Then do you allow yourself to feel every expectation that your sister has for you? Then do you let every expectation for your teacher, your brother, you know, where does it, where, where does it stop? Do you take on all the expectations of all the people in the whole world? And if you do, then you're going to fail miserably a lot. And so you have to look at that as one of those things where if you accept one person, their frustrations or their expectations, if you accept one person's expectations in your life, you have to accept all 8 billion people on this planet's expectations into your life, which means you're going to fail miserably all the time, 8, million to 8 billion times, right? So keeping that at bay, not allowing that to ever happen to you is a decision and a choice because obviously you just have to choose that the way that you've always felt towards someone's expectation of you, you now feel differently because you realize that it wasn't healthy to allow that expectation to have any effect on you emotionally whatsoever. But understand that in that process, it doesn't change how much respect you have for the person that had the expectations. It doesn't change how much love you have for the person that set those expectations. It just simply changes you and it relieves you from expectations that you're never going to live up to. Make sense? No, absolutely agreed. I 100% agree. It's not something that can happen overnight though. It's something you have to recognize and then work towards because you're going to slip up just like anything else because we're all humans. But you need to take a good look at yourself and say these are not mine this is not mine to my burden to carry it's not easy i mean it's for sure something that you know it takes a lot of time takes a lot of practice guilt is a powerful emotion and it comes from a number of different places and it's very easy to allow it to kind of take over everything i mean in your life where you get to the point where you just feel guilty for being alive and that's what rabbit, that rabbit hole can take you down too. is when you start to go down the rabbit hole of expectations of other people. It gets then dark. Then you begin to start feeling inadequate. And the inadequacy builds up over time. And eventually you just don't feel worth being alive. And the, that kind of guilt is, is silly and pointless and completely a choice. 
by choosing to not do that, by choosing to make yourself the kind of person that doesn't just says, you know what, I'm not going to allow myself to feel guilty for, for not living up to expectations that were set for me by someone else. Now, here's the other thing about that that I want to say is that how do you know those expectations? Have they written them down, signed them, documented them, and given them to you? Or are they just simply things that you feel that they have for you expectation-wise? Well, it's things that you feel because as a child, you don't have the cognitive ability to understand the difference. Right. But we're speaking to adults on here. Oh, yeah, and I know. So but I'm just, I'm just saying age, like where it comes from. At some, yeah, but at some age, why, why absorb someone else's guilt? Oh, yeah. why, let's, why let someone else have an expectation on you? Habit, people-pleasing, traumas, past traumas. But you got you to gotta nip it in the bud. But it needs to stop. Yeah, And so absolutely. as an adult, you have the choice and you have to ask yourself, why am I allowing someone else to have expectations for me? Yeah. Is this a decision and for me or somebody else? are expectations that have actually been spoken to me? Because you don't want to be angry at somebody who you think has an expectation for you that you're failing when in reality you're not even failing them. So I'll give you a good example of my, one of my kids comes to me and says to me, uh, you know, Daddy, I, I feel like I let you down. I feel like I disappointed you. And what... Why Why would you say that? You know, like what makes you feel that you disappointed me? Well, I did this. I made a, a grade in my in my class that was lower than what your expectations for me are. Are you disappointed in me? And my answer to him is always, no, I can never be disappointed in you. I'm very proud of you for giving it your best effort. Now, if you understand and know that you did not give it your best effort, then you should feel like you need to fix it for you. But my expectations are not there for him to feel in any way guilty for. My expectations are there so he knows where the bar is supposed to be in order for him to achieve maximum success in his life. And allowing myself to set the bar wherever I like gives him something to aim for, knowing that that would produce the best life for him, which is as a parent, our job. So I tell him, hey, you join this program and join the IB program and you make all A's and B's, your meal ticket to college is going to be good. It's not my expectation for him to make A's and B's. That's what I'm telling him will guarantee that he gets to where he wants to go and has the choices that he wants to have in his life. I can never be disappointed in my kid because, first of all, the grades that he makes in school are necessary for certain things, but that's not a real litmus test of who a person is or what they're about. And it certainly isn't important enough that I would ever want my kid to feel guilty or like disappointing in me. Well, you're setting, you're, you're giving him guidance instead of expectations. Like, Hey, I'm going to guide you to X, Y, and Z because these things through my life experience and what I know of da, 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 to get you through life is going to give you the best chance at success. Correct. It's his choice from there, whether he wants to follow that guidance or not. Well, and the truth is, is that, you know, and I tell this to my kids all the time. I say, hey, um, if you could talk to you 20 years from now, would you listen to what you have to say? And their answer is always, well, of course I would listen to myself. Why wouldn't I? 20 years from now, me would give me great advice. And I go, well, I'm you 20 years from now. (laughs) And they don't, they go, oh. And then they realize that now it's just them giving them advice because all I ever want for my children is for the best for my children. And I think most parents, that's all they want. Well, if that's the case, then what you really want them to do is be happy. And so you have to understand that and realize that, you know, 
never to set expectations at all, but genuinely just love them for who they are. Yeah, I think that's beautiful, and that's so, so needed. And I do have the extra experience in life, which means I do have the opportunity to share my experience with them. And by sharing my experience, it's, okay, well, do you want to be the best you you can be? And obviously, you know how I raise my kids. You guys are going to hear my kids on my podcast, and they're brilliant, and they will blow your mind, and they're impressive, and they're amazing. And I'm not just saying that because they're my kids. They are genuinely just so cool. And uh, and I believe that me giving them, okay, if you, this is how you want your life to go, meaning you want to work, you know, they tell me, I want to work indoors in an air-conditioned environment, I want to make a lot of money and I want to help people. Okay, check. Got it. Well, then this is the program you need to make and happen on where you're at in your life. Now, when you get to the next point of life, I'll tell you what to do then. But I'm only going to give that advice to them and I tell them this all the time. My advice to you isn't to help me. It doesn't benefit me. It only is for you. Therefore, I don't need anything from my children. I'm only offering them advice and expertise because I've been through things and that's what expertise is, right? Experience. The idea of taking away any impossible disappointment and guilt from their minds is, to me, one of the best things I can do as a teacher, as a leader, as a father. I love that. Are you ready to stop procrastinating? Are you ready to get back in control of your day to achieve your goals while having more time for yourself? I've teamed up with a new platform to help you 24-7. Whenever you need a boost, it's called Centered. And I'm inviting you to join my community, Overcoming All, on there for free. Centered is a website where I will help you overcome procrastination, overcome burnout, motivate you to crush your work and get your life back. When you're starting to work on your laptop, fire up Centered and you'll hear focus music starting to play and then you'll hear me, your coach, welcoming you to another great session. While you're working, I'll encourage you and inspire you in the way that you've come to expect. And Centered will provide times task management, and most importantly, a way to chat with me and supportive members of my Overcoming All community. And if you'd like one-on-one coaching with me to lift you up and to help you achieve your best, you can find time with me directly in Centered. Join me by clicking the link in the episode description. I'll see you there. So slight shift in our trajectory here. I'm interested in these nuggets that you found on Google. Yeah, so Google tells me a lot. But one of the things it says is that there's three basic types of guilt, natural guilt, remorse over something uh, that you did or failed to do. That's all one. Two, free-floating or toxic guilt, the underlying sense of not being a good person. Oof. (laughs) We'll get into that. Three, existential guilt, the negative feeling that arises out of you, out of the injustice you perceive in the world and on your own. I mean, was, is that like having an existential crisis existential crisis all right so <laughs> we're, we're gonna have to google existential real quick because i got it this used word is being used quite a bit and a lot of different terminology these days and let's be honest the english language is changing apparently you can be plural now so if we're gonna change the language let's go ahead and figure out what it is tell us okay. what it is existential relating to existence in the philosophy term, it's concerned with existence, especially human existence, as viewed in the theories of existentialism. Sorry, my lisp is not allowing me to say these things. <laughs> and then in the terms of logic, it's affirming or implying the existence of a thing. 
I think we need to go down the route of existentialism. Whoa. <laughs> like, bro. <laughs> wow. Hold yeah, on. We'll get to that. Existentialism is a philosophical theory or approach which emphasizes the existence of the individual person as a free and responsible agent determining their own development through acts of the will. So, the matrix. Okay. <laughs> it just wow. got real deep. <laughs> so, the natural guilt, the remorse over something you did or failed to do is obviously what I just talked about, natural guilt. Um, if you did do the thing that you feel guilty for, the reason you feel guilty is because you need to go make amends. So, go make amends. Whatever that takes. I don't care what it is. Apologize. Clear your conscience. Go make amends. There's no excuse to carry guilt for something that you did. When you know you can fix it. Because that's just retarded. That's like saying, nope, I want this depression. I want this anxiety. I want this stress. I don't want to put it down and walk away from it. Well, go do it. Put it down. I don't care what mud on your face. I don't care if it's your, uh, you know, ego hurts. You know, that's how you become able to live a peaceful life. And uh, the advice that I'm giving people is not easy, but it's what's best. Uh, just the same that I give my kids. I give them the best advice for them. Not going to give them horrible advice or the easiest advice. I'm going to give them the advice that's going to be best for them. So that one's good to easy to cover, right? Stop feeling guilty for things that you're not even sure you should feel guilty for because you're not even sure whether or not that person that I was talking to earlier ever had any idea that I had an idea that we were going to be friends, right? So that I can't let myself feel guilty about that. That frees up a lot of space in your life because we do that probably 10,000 times a day, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the last time I felt guilty in that way for something I wasn't sure of because I've been practicing at this for a long time. It's honest communication. Please go back to one of our prior podcasts. You'll understand it. Yeah, that's right. Honesty will get you into this one. Also, the one, what was the other Truth one? Truth be told, I think. Yeah, what was the other one uh, where I talked about frustration and uh, or depression and, and they were opposites? There's another podcast you can talk about. This is number 10, by the way. By the way, episode 10. Whoop, whoop. After this, I'm going to start having conversations with other people other than Tara. This uh, monogamous relationship that we have going right now, Tara, is uh, not working for me. And so I want to be up front so that you don't feel guilty. (laughs) Number two, free-floating your toxic guilt. The underlying sense of not being good enough or a good person. Well, I just did that. We just talked about that, right? So we already know that obviously uh, setting expectations for yourself it's terrible because it's always going, you're always going to fail because the expectations that you have have no understanding of the universe's actual plans. So by setting an expectation, you're basically saying that I know exactly what's going to happen with the universe and I'm going to do this thing and I know that the universe is going to participate, which have you ever had the universe participate on your timeline? Not on my timeline. It, it shows me when I'm ready. You find yourself perpetually frustrated because these expectations that you set for yourself are not ever working out because of all the things that get in the way. I mean, sometimes. I'm human. Sometimes. But I have been learning quite a lot more in the last couple of years. And I know to just let it ride because nothing will appear to me unless I'm ready for it to appear. But it's a crazy concept, right? It is an absolutely nuts concept. Now that you're being relieved of it. Yes. And you're starting to learn how to not allow it to be a thing. There's so much more serenity in life. Well, you don't have to feel badly about not feeling guilty. Yes. And that's the other thing is that sometimes people get so stuck on guilt 
but then they feel guilty about feeling guilty, which now we've gone down another rabbit hole. See, and this is why we have to never, never done that ever. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the, the biggest thing that people will do is beat themselves up over something that never even really happened. Bounce back to another podcast where I said, why worry? It'll probably never happen. It was another one of those things in my life that really changed me and got me out of worrying because I wasn't, I was worrying about the future all the time and feeling guilty about the past all the time. In doing both, I was exhausted all the time. And not to mention, I wasn't in the present because I was too busy living in the past and in the future. So I was guilt over time will build up. And as it does, then you don't feel good about yourself. The funny thing to me is that these three types of guilt, it says natural guilt, the remorse over doing something you did or didn't do or failed to do. Free-floating or toxic guilt, the underlying of not being good enough. Well, if you feel guilty a lot, about things that you did or didn't do, then eventually you're going to get to a point where you're going to feel guilty about the fact that you're not a good person because of all the things that you did wrong that you feel guilty for. So that's literally just a stepping stone. It's like almost like a progression. Like your promotion from guilt number one to guilt number two is now you feel like a shitty person because you're guilty for all the things that you really shouldn't have been guilty for anyway check got it okay so as we move past that now that we feel like an absolute not worthy to be here type person then we move into existential guilt the negative feeling that arises out of the injustice you perceive in the world super victim mentality but that's when you start to rabbit hole yeah so um here's how i can tell you that we can avoid existential guilt you can't control anything outside of your own self period that one's now gone. There is nothing outside of yourself that you can control. So having the idea that you're going to change or adjust or make things different, if it's not represented in you, then it's not going to matter. So all that you can really evaluate, all you can really affect, all you can really have is control over yourself. And this is what I've been talking about for the last few episodes is learning how to harness your emotions Understand your emotions, put your emotions down, and then move back on with life making logical and rational decisions. And so the idea that anything else in the world is your fault or that you should feel guilty for, let's say that there's a bombing in Paris, and I read it on the news or I see it uh, on whatever, Facebook, social media. I know there's a lot of people out there that, that take on a guilt for those people who got bombed or for that situation. That's selfish on your part because, first of all, those people that got bombed don't need you feeling guilty for them. That's not even logical, first of all. It happens, though. It becomes like pity almost, but not really. Yeah. I mean, it starts out probably in a healthy way where they they feel the... Compassion. The compassion, but because they're not constantly they don't understand their emotions they get sucked into this other side where it starts to feel guilty because if you start to absorb all the things in the world and start to think about wow well maybe i could have done more to affect this to affect that man when you just stop and go lay on the ground and look up at the clouds and realize how lucky you are just to wake up every day you realize that you know those things are outside of our realm so all we really have is ourselves and the breath that comes through our lungs that worrying about the rest of the things in the world and adding eventually that turning into guilt is never going to be a healthy thing. 
Quite simply, existential guilt is eliminated by you understanding that the only thing in this world is that you can control is yourself. Having control over yourself means that you never allow your emotions to dictate who you are or to dictate the decisions that you make. Those decisions that you make come from a good place, a good heart, love, compassion, empathy, understanding, then those things are always going to work out well, especially if it's authentic and you really, really mean it. Absorbing anything, taking on anything from anyone else. I mean, most of this guilt stuff is basically about other people and their expectations or your own personal expectations that you set for yourself or your belief that you are somehow going to affect things across the world. What do they say about, uh, there's like some meme or some saying that says, like, if you want to change the world, start with making your own bed. Because that's a, a genuine, like, you know, clean your own room. Like, there's the, you, before you can do anything for anyone else, you've got to get yourself right. And look at me. I mean, like, I'm not claiming this is going to change the world. Please don't misunderstand that. But what I am doing, it took me a long time to get to a place where I had the confidence, consistency in who I am, and the ability to help other people for many 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 years i wasn't even capable of taking care of myself or helping myself i think that we can get to a place so yes. sorry there's a the, the, the make your bed thing reminded me there's a book called make your bed little things that can change your life and it's based on a navy seals graduating speech and it's just like like you said like you're talking about right now it's all these little things that really make a difference well mcconaughey did a great speech if you've ever seen it yes i uh, love that one it's motivating. so good yeah guys google um mcconaughey's um graduation speech i forget which school it was now but yeah he did a great he did one a it's guest like a four speech. or five minute video and it's amazing so if you guys get a chance to get listen to that one also says four types of guilt and this one is different. In Reflections, Jasper's established four types of guilt. Criminal, political, moral, and metaphysical. Okay, so that's, yeah, that's taking a different perspective on it. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of outside the realm of what we're talking about. The five most common re re reasons behind an individual's guilt is their behavior. Fair. Something they want to do but have not done yet. Fair. Followed through on. Their own perceived behavior... Yeah. Failing to help another person to a certain degree. Mm -hmm. Surviving in a situation with others perished. Okay, so those those are those make sense. Sure. I mean, every aspect of guilt I understand because no one's felt guilty more than I have in my life. But I'm also aware that now I don't have to feel guilty anymore. So why do it? Guilt is is a it comes from the prefrontal vortex of your brain. You know, if you know people who've had brain damage or suffered a traumatic brain injury or concussions or those types of things, a lot of them end up committing suicide because they they feel guilty for everything. Perhaps that's from the head injury because now their their brain is not able to to process the properly the things that they're supposed to, or perhaps it's from feeling guilty their whole life and they just weren't able to let it go. I personally think that damaging the brain obviously is going to change a human being and that change can happen good or bad i recently talked to someone this weekend actually and her husband was in an accident and he damaged the free frontal the front of the brain 
<laughs> and uh, and a scientist nor a doctor, right? So I just talk. Just a modern he got hurt, and now he has emotional issues. They were asking me to talk to him and work with them, but she loves him to death. She's been with him prior to the accident. She knows that this is not how he is, and that these things are a result of the accident. But still difficult, still really difficult, because you know there's a million ways that that can affect other people, right? So she could always feel inadequate. My advice to her was, uh, yeah, if you can get him to talk to me, I would love to, first of all, obviously. But second of all, learn to accept and remind yourself every time he does something that isn't what he used to do, that it isn't him doing it, it's his brain doing it to him. And it's not to say that to become, don't allow it to hurt you. Understand that it's not directed towards you. Uh, It's usually out of frustration that I get angry. And if I get angry, I hide it really well, right? definitely gotten to a point where I can like cover up when I'm angry so also this is the other thing about it if I do get upset if I do get mad most of the time I'm going to get even calmer because I know that I have the ability to go angry and I don't want to go angry right sort of like the Hulk and Bruce Banner Bruce Banner's doesn't want to get angry but then when they talk to him in Endgame and asked him how he did it He was like, well, I learned to stay angry all the time so that that way I was aware of it, conscious of it, and knew that it was there. And then all I had to do was understand it or allow myself to accept it. And then I had control over it. And that's how you are with all emotions. The funny thing about it is is that guilt is always going to manifest itself in different ways based on your sex. Not having sex, but based on what you were born as yes male or female our brains are made very different well not very differently but differently enough very different in a lot of ways yes in the way that we think in the way that we evaluate ourselves and in the way that we treat ourselves and also in the way that we react to emotions we're very different understanding that when women cry that's their release for just about every emotion (laughs) and that's okay that's how that works just like guys get angry for just about every single emotion and it's because those two things are two that we know we understand those first of all being angry usually means being to men means being macho means being violent means being showing your butt showing your back you know so which people equate that anger to being alpha or being dominant or being something more than everyone else or the show of being angry is meant to keep people from messing with them because they're trying to hide their insecurities of who they are does that make sense yes and then women adversely cry because they get frustrated because of the inability to communicate what their emotions are feeling and they feel things on a different deeper level which reminds me there's a new documentary out uh, and it talks about, it's called, uh, hold on, I wrote it down. It's a documentary on Jaya, Jaya, Jaya whatever. Jaya, Jaya from um, Amazon Prime. Yeah, there you go. Sensitive people, sensitive, the untold story. And what it talks about is that 20% of all species are highly sensitive, much higher than the other 80%. And those sensitive people tend to to feel things far more than the rest of the population and this is a real thing that happens in nature now it's been gone back and forth with a lot and they talk about how much people have said no this isn't true it doesn't apply to children 
But the reality is, is that they've come to realize that no, 20% of every species, including human beings, is 20% more is more sensitive than the rest of the population. And the reason is, is if you're an elk in Africa and you're being hunted by a lion, right? Well, 20% having 20% of the population be more sensitive means they can hear more, faster, longer. You know, they're more sensitive to everything, which allows them to be able to lift their head, notice the predator, take off running, and the rest of the 80% run behind them. It's a great thing so it saves people from dying right yes so speaking in terms of human beings though if you feel things on a positive level in that highly sensitive range then you're now going to feel a lot of things more than the other people around you in a positive and negative way so if you're already caught up in the expectations of others and having to live up to those expectations then now as a sensitive person your guilt is going to be exponentially worse and you're going to deeply deeply feel guilty for everything uh, which is great you know because there's a lot of things in life that we need to be more highly sensitive or we need people who are more high sensitive around so that we can kind of follow their lead and keep ourselves out of trouble but at the same time those highly sensitive people can feel extra guilty for things because they're more sensitive so instead of allowing that to happen clear yourself of guilt clear yourself of feeling all of those wasted emotions that we've been talking about over the past two months three months how long a while it's been a bit been a bit <laughs> it's been a couple months yeah so well, we're on so 10 episodes so we're at almost three months mental three illness is related to guilt emotional excessive or rational guilt has been linked to mental illness such as anxiety depression dysphoria Feeling of constant dissatisfaction and obsessive compulsive disorder. Uh, I'm pretty sure I have all those, by the way. Yeah, I'm like, that sounds super familiar. Those are all my diagnoses, but uh, I don't feel guilty for anything. (laughs) So, guilt and shame are among the most painful human emotions. Certainly, but you know what counteracts guilt is doing things out of love and authenticity. And you never have to have any kind of guilty feelings because even if what you did wasn't perceived as right or even wasn't perceived as being done for the right reasons, at least you know in your heart that what you did was the best you could do with what you had to work with. And so therefore now you can let go of any guilt that you might want to feel. Also, not for nothing, but when did we start thinking we were so perfect? I mean, making mistakes and screwing up, saying elk instead of deer. I love that. Dude, I'm just as perfect and imperfect in every way as everyone else is. So why am I going to have expectations for myself to, like, be perfect at every aspect? Well, that's what I think life? makes humans beautiful. <clears throat> yeah, of course. I mean, the idea that if I would have set any expectation in January for me going to be somewhere in May... I knew about my surgery, but it was supposed to be a seven-day recovery. Knew about my trip to Vail, which was a seven-day total trip. So that's 14 days that I actually knew what I was going to be doing. But the bronchitis, the pneumonia, the other stuff that I've dealt with. The change in the surgery. The change in the surgery, which went from a seven-day heal time to a 60-day heal time. Plus headache days and Plus all the other stuff, stuff that I already and, deal with. Yeah. Well, then, yeah. In my mind right now, I'd be a complete and utter failure for not accomplishing the expectations that I had set for myself at the beginning of the year. This is where, like, New Year's resolutions are a silly concept because you're setting yourself up to fail right out of the gates uh, and then feel guilty for failing. 
Well, yeah, because we set goals and then we have the like a quote unquote clear expectation of how it's going to happen. Like we look at our path and we're going to say A is going to happen, then B, then C, then D. And if that doesn't happen, we feel like a failure. But in reality, set the goal and just allow whatever happens to happen. Absolutely. And the uh, I mean, the greatest my my greatest pushes in life have been my failures. There's a lot of other people out there that feel the same way. Michael Jordan didn't make the high school basketball team. He got cut. And you know what that made him? The greatest basketball player to ever live. It's just up to you as to how you're going to take things that happen to you. I happen to know right now, since we were just figuring it out online, that someone gave me a one-star review on my Spotify and pulled me down to a 4.8. Well, I know for sure that whoever gave me that review did not like me as a human being or person or the perceived person that I am, and that that was not an accurate review. And the reason I know that is, is because... If you give someone a one-star review and they have 24 five-star reviews, that doesn't make any sense. No one could possibly not like what I'm saying on a level that doesn't allow... If we're just taking sheer statistics, it's not going to happen. And if you don't like what I'm saying, then you don't like love. You don't like uh, compassion. You don't like helping people. You don't like... Also, it goes back to if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. Well, and do you think it really hurts me? No. Because all it does is drive me more. I know the haters out there. I, I know the funny. people who have envy for me. And I honestly, knowing that someone gave me that one star makes me want to go even harder and even longer and even more. Well, they don't have love in their heart. Well, and I don't, I'm not thinking about them. I'm just thinking about the fact that if I'm, if I'm making haters, then I'm doing things right. Yeah, you've passed that threshold. Nice job. Oh, I've been at that threshold for many High years. five. Lots of haters on lots of social media sites. I can't reach you. There you go. High five. So, yeah, anyway, uh, I could sit and beat myself up about that. I could have let that get to me. I could have had that, uh, you know, break me down as a, as a person. But, you know, at the end of the day, I don't feel the least bit guilty about any of that because that's on them you know and if they keep that up there as their rating and they wanted to hurt me and they thought maybe that by putting that up there it was going to do so i mean if we could if we could you know if you had like one star reviews that we could like print off i would totally print that one out and frame it 100 percent, 100 percent. i would love my haters uh also thanks for listening because you had to listen to a whole podcast just to rate it so maybe you'll, <laughs> gotcha. maybe you'll uh, do something good for yourself <laughs> and learn something from my podcast, even though you don't like me. Let's see. What else is here? Oh, look. Guilt is stored in the frontal, prefrontal cortex. I was right. It's a symptom of trauma. Yes. Bipolar disorder, too. Yes, yes, yes. All that stuff. Yeah. So anyway, these things are diagnoses I have as well. Bipolar, too. Which should mean, I guess, that I should have guilt, but I don't. So I've healed, I'm learning how to heal, I'm learning how to deal with. Now, does it still run through my mind? Not anymore. In the beginning, it started to become a thing where it was hard, and I'd go back and forth with it. I feel guilty about a lot of things that I shouldn't feel guilty for. At the end of the day, over time, like you said, it's a practice, same as everything else in life. Once you learn to breathe, accept things as they are, stop being so frustrated and guilty you get to move past that and the practice is the same as in yoga uh, where you can learn how to deal with this stuff let's see summarize this entire thing uh so the guilt that you take on for other people is silly because that is something that isn't even valid or guaranteed to be what it, what you thought it was 
the guilt that you take on for yourself is unnecessary for the things that you actually were guilty did do wrong because you have the opportunity to remedy those and make those right and then the guilt that you feel for the world or for all the problems in the world is you believing that you actually have any type of control over anything outside of your own personal self so that guilt is unnecessary as well just on the thought process that i just gave you in those four sentences you can rid your entire life of guilt and not have to feel guilty anymore what do you think how was that it was lovely yeah can i close out now yes you can see you bye guys peace <laughs>